2: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Valentine's Day may have been
3: a few days ago, but the romance does not have to end. Oh no, not when you've got the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro. You know I'm joined always by Chris and Zach. Happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Same to you. I'm not
1: joining you in a
3: romantic sense or anything like that. I don't know, man. You've lost a little weight since the last time I seen you. You're looking pretty sweet. Oh, my God.
1: Okay, disclaimer. Aaron's been putting a lot of hours in at the job. It's and, been insane. And hasn't been able to really drink at all because he's been on call a lot.
3: For about a month, right. I haven't had a drop of alcohol.
1: And today, well, let's just say he's he's definitely gone. He, instead of putting his toe in the water, he's put the entire leg.
3: Well, I wouldn't say that, man, because, you know, I've had a good amount of alcohol consumption today. I rest my (laughs) case. And you've had a little bit, you know, so you're you're feeling loose. But I'm from Wisconsin, baby. Mm -hmm. It's in my blood. I can drink a whole lot of alcohol and still have fun, not be a jerk, not beat anybody up, and just rock and roll. It's all good. Because you know what we're doing around here? We're building a local music scene with a worldwide audience. Huh? That proves it. I ain't that drunk. All right. I said it straight. Yeah, you did. I did it right. Let's monitor how this goes through the show. Okay. But we'll, yeah. we'll monitor it because like I said, you know, Valentine's Day was a few days ago, but there's still a lot of romance in the air. You've got a lovely wife. I've got a beautiful wife, and there's there's a lot to celebrate this time of year.
1: Sure, I I took the wife out for a day and night out on Friday and we had a great time and I told her we're doing the power ballads episode and, you know, even she's interested in that one.
3: Awesome! So, yeah, and
1: it's funny we do. We've done power ballad episodes the last two years for Valentine's Day. You know, and every
3: little, it's a little something for the ladies. And everyone would
1: think that this would be my idea because I'm the guy who's in the into the melodic ballad stuff. But originally, but Aaron is the one who's come up with this idea both years.
3: Yeah, well, originally it was like you know, because we're we're a couple of hard and heavy dudes. You know, we we love our Judas Priest, we love our Metallica, you know, Slayer. We love our, we love our hard rock and heavy. Metal, but we've got sensitive sides too. Oh yeah, we do. You know, otherwise we wouldn't be married. We'd be probably living in a dirty ass apartment together somewhere. You know, been there, done that. You know, brushing the cockroaches off the off the recording equipment once a week. And that's not good for anybody. That's not good for anybody. (laughs) Even if you are single, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah, nothing against
1: you, single guys. (laughs) And guys, if you're if you you know had a couple of, and here's another funny thing is like. Hard rock and metal fans, you think are like kind of a macho group of people. Sure. And I, so I just put out the call for listeners to suggest their favorite power ballads. And like almost any time I put out the call to listeners, we'll do, we'll get maybe 20, 30 responses. I put out one for power ballads, like yeah. hundred and fifty responses. Nice. Like, but there were a handful of you that were like, I'd rather not hear any power ballads. So if so, we'll see you
3: next week. That's right. We'll stick around because I got a little something for the dudes a little bit later on, just like last time. What was it? Episode 72, we did this? Somewhere in the 70s, I think. It was think. like 100 episodes ago. That's yeah, like literally. ancient decibel geek history. Maybe it was a couple of years ago. Now I'm I telling it, you. Maybe you're right. I'm telling you, it has been. I think we did skip. We had something more important going on last year on I Valentine's Day. So it seemed important to me to come back and revisit it because we haven't touched back on our, our sensitive sides in a while. And sometimes it's good to, to reel it back in because, you know, we're big-hearted dudes. Okay, so
1: before we get into the music, I need to do Geeks of the Week. These are the people that shared or retweeted last week's episode, the Demolicious episode, which a lot of people seem to really enjoy.
3: I really enjoyed doing that. It was
1: a lot of fun to do. So uh, here's the Geeks of the Week this week. They are Todd Cunningham, David Alpazar, Miguel Nunez, Scott Lull, Joe Royland, Wayne Cross, Chris Karam, Jeff Hoagland, Trevor McDougal, Matt Ashcraft, Wally Norton, Derek Novak, Corey Nallon, PJ Brown, Mike Blunt, Justin Hayes, Devin Fox, Joel Hebbensberger, Rob Harris, Paul Korn, Dan Chaput, Mark Alden-Taylor, Ian Wadley, Billy Hardaway, Andrew Jacobs, Warren Money, Enoch Sarion, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That's, That's your awesome. Buddy. Yeah, he is. JTB's Groovy Record Room, Sit and spin with Joe, Darren Parkin, Kai Velmer, Chad, pa- Chad Pollock, Rodney Dixon, Jason Wood, Steve Collins, Hoops, Music and Wax, The Mooger Fugger, DC Rock and Roll GPS, Armando Cerna, Joe Barnes, Soundcheck DFW, Gary Stange, Raw Magazine, Hot Metal Magazine, Loudmouth and Faces, Rock Magazine. And Mike Stewart, and here's where Geeks of the Week, this is how it works. If you share on Facebook and you retweet on Twitter, this shows exactly how this show grows because of you. Mike Stewart shared the link, and he tagged his friend Dennis Gamaz, I think is how you pronounce it, and I saw that Dennis replied to it with, dude, that kicked all kinds of ass. I clicked it, and first was like, an hour? Really? But I got into listening, and all of a sudden, it was over, and I was like, no.
3: Nice. So that's how it works. Awesome. That is exactly how it works. That's that's the grassroots, the heavy metal grassroots of the Decibel Geek podcast. So,
1: so yeah, share it and retweet it, guys. Uh, not reading your name on the show is fun and I'm sure it's cool to hear your name, but guys, that's how that's how you get the word out and that's how our show gets to grow.
3: Heck yeah. I love it. Awesome.
1: So yeah, it's time to uh get into some power ballads.
3: All right, man. Yeah, cuz it's for the ladies. It's Valentine's, you know. So we're going to bust out some some power ballads today but you know the dudes you might think this ain't cool we don't want to hear no love power ballads but you know what this is the decibel geek podcast and we're not picking nothing lame so even you the most cold-hearted metal hearts out there are going to be able to enjoy what we got going on for you today and chris you're going to start it off yeah so what if i told you my first pick involves ted nugent okay i'm down How was that a ted nugent like wang dang sweet poon Tang, right that's a sweet love ballad ain't it no well in some places it is
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the most romantic song but you know those of you that remember in the early 90s ted was a part of a super group called damn yankees yeah. which had a lot of success and you know had tommy shaw from uh, sticks and jack blades from night ranger ted and then Michael, whatever his name is, who played the drums. Sorry, Michael, whatever your name is. But um, (laughs) the big, well, their biggest hit was a song called "High Enough," and that was a massive hit. Um, Then they put out their second album, was called "Don't Tread on Me," came out on uh, October first, nineteen ninety-two. Which that week is especially important to me because that was, uh, let's see, that was a few. Well, actually, yeah, it was a few days before I saw Kiss play on the Revenge Tour. So there's the Kiss reference this week. This was their second studio album. It Peaked at number twenty. The uh, the song peaked at number twenty. The album reached number twenty-two on Billboard's Top Two Hundred chart. "Don't Tread on Me" was produced by Ron Nevison, who also produced a masterpiece called "Crazy Nights." Um,
3: the a masterpiece.
1: Yes, and um, this was this was this was their second biggest hit, also a ballad, and I think a, one that you've heard on the radio, but I guarantee you haven't heard it on the radio in years. Well, no. This is Damn Yankees with a song called "Where You Going Now."
0: mirror and you close your eyes. Much easier to turn away than to take a look inside. So you're thinking it's over. Walking away. Let your little world crash and burn. Ooh, what a price to pay. Didn't anybody tell you?
1: The boys from Damn Yankees—that was a, a big hit at the time, but I don't think many of you have heard it in a long time. No, I haven't heard that one in a long time. Interesting story about Damn Yankees. Uh, most people think that 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 their their career ended with those two albums, but the truth is they did record a third album, and it was written and most of it was recorded. Uh, Tommy Shaw had left the band because um, he had won the lawsuit with Dennis DeYoung to own the name Sticks. Right, him and JY Young put Sticks back together and immediately got it on the road. Because sure, like, if you're gonna, we're going to own the gonna, name. Yeah, if you're going to, we go got to generate all money and win it, pay the legal know, bill. Yeah, make so, it worthwhile.
3: So they would, they had, you fought for a reason.
1: So they brought in this young hotshot guitar player songwriter named Damon Johnson. Oh, right out record the Kane. Yeah, hell yeah. And he recorded most of the album with them, and Tommy Shaw would even come in and listen to it and say, yeah, that sounds good. Nice. um, But it got shelved because the grunge was at its height, and the record company was like, no, we're not putting this out. So somewhere, someone has a damn Yankees album with Damon Johnson on it.
3: Oh, wow, man. I'd I'd love love to to hear hear that. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be badass. But
1: yeah, that's uh, that's a third album that never got released.
3: You know who else would love to hear that? The ladies. Yeah. Because that's what it's all about today. So what do you got for your first pick? Sweet Love Ballads, man. We're busting them out. And I've got one for you from 1997. And this was an album that I think, you know, you talk about Buried Treasure. This one is awesome. I'm talking about Slaughter Revolution. I've never heard this album. Really? I'll be honest with you. This is my favorite Slaughter album. Huh. It really is. It kicks ass. It's their fourth studio album. It's the final one with Tim Kelly. Rest in peace. Yeah. That guy's awesome. And, you know, it's kind of a, it's almost got like a psychedelic rock theme oh, to yeah? it sometimes. They, they do a cover of a Joe Walsh tune, Rocky Mountain Way, oh, okay. which is a rocked out version. But it's, it's kind of a weird slaughter album, but it's still really damn good. And, you know, of course, every Slaughter album's got to have that sweet love ballad. Sure. A little something for the ladies. Ladies love them some Mark Slaughter. Oh, yeah, they do. So from 1997, like I said, off the Revolution album by Slaughter, enjoy this one. Because, you know, sometimes you know what it's like to be in love, and sometimes it is hard to say goodbye. Vinnie Vincent Invasion, otherwise known as Slaughter. I was going to say, before you ask, no, that sweet love ballad was not probably about Vinnie Vincent.
1: No, only the song "Burning Bridges is about Vinnie Vincent. Right. It's never hard to say
3: goodbye to that guy. You forgot
1: your credit card again, huh?
3: (laughs) Here's something interesting. You know, if you're a Slaughter fan, you need to know this. There's a new Mark Slaughter album out. Yeah, I heard the samples online the other day. I was really impressed with it. Really good. It's called Reflections Reflections in a Rearview Mirror. It was mixed and mastered by Michael Wagner, so, man, the sound quality quality. is kick-ass. And there was a single called Never Given Up that was released last year. And, uh, you know, the cool thing about this is Mark Slatter performs the vocals, of course, but he plays every instrument on the album except for drums and i think people are going to be blown away by how good of a guitar player He's this guy is player. there are some fucking solos on yep. that album that just blow my freaking mind you know he can uh, he can play
1: some of that vinny stuff too. somebody
3: was hanging out with vinny vincent and paying attention right yeah. Well oh, Mark's
1: a good musician. I mean like he, I mean, you know, he's not a one trick pony like right, people but think. He people
3: is. don't look at Mark Slaughter and think, you know, because like over the years he had Vinnie Vincent, yeah. they had Mark uh Tim, Tim Kelly, Kelly mm-hmm. you know, Jeff but they Blando. don't Right, and yeah. Blando too, you know, and they don't think of Mark Slaughter as being an amazing guitar player, but some yeah, done, man. The solos and the guitar work on yep. that new album.
2: Freaking well, awesome, and one man. thing
3: that I enjoyed about awesome. it's is, is
1: it is it sounds like it's a diverse album. It's not like he's trying to just do a paint by numbers slaughter, right?
3: Album. Yeah, no, but I mean, but I think slaughter fans still you're they'll right. Like it, but though. I think slaughter fans will still really oh, love there's, that.
1: There's plenty of rock stuff on there, but it's. But he's not scared to take chances on
3: right. it. Right. The only thing I think Slaughter fans would have to bitch about this album is this is so freaking good. Why is is Why it, a slaughter, it a slaughter album? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because
1: you get to pay less people this way.
3: I guess. <laughs>
1: it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm really, looking forward Really, really, really good. And we, have, uh, we definitely have plans for Mark to be on the show this year.
3: Hell yeah. And if yeah. you want to get a piece of that album, just go to MarkSlaughter.com. And there's some exclusive thing. You can't go to iTunes. You can't go to Amazon. You got to go to MarkSlaughter.com to get the details on how to get that. I think it's something to do with you order it, and then you get a card that's autographed by Mark Slaughter, right. like an iTunes card, I guess. Yeah. And then you you get that, and you punch in the numbers, and you get everything.
1: That's kind of defer. It gets it's rid of piracy. The box. Yeah, yeah, it's way getting rid of the around the piraters.
3: I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm I gonna, do too. I'm gonna do it. Because the tunes I heard are freaking awesome.
1: So, you know, we mentioned Michael Wagoner. My next pick ties into that. I think we're going
3: to announce him a couple of times. Oh, yeah, I guess we will.
1: Um, But, yeah, he produced the next album, that the song I picked from. Warrant put out Dog Eat Dog back in uh, August twenty fifth, 1992. So my first two picks are from 1992. um, This was their third studio album. It peaked at number 25 on the Billboard 200. Achieved gold status. That's the positive side of the thing but it dropped like a rock quickly afterward because this was literally released right when Nirvana was taking over the
3: world. Right, yeah. Bands like Warrant weren't welcome at this time. That's so pathetic. That always made me so mad. Back is, in those uh, times, I lived those times. Yeah, man. I do too. I yeah, we lived the fucking pain, man. And it was the last Warren album to feature all five original
1: members. God, what um, a great album! As I mentioned, produced by Michael Wagner, has hints of almost progressive
3: and some alternative influences in the in the writing. Totally. I mean, it, it almost this is almost the ultimate Warren album because it's somewhere oh, in I between, think it is. you yeah. know. Because you get this this the fine line on this album of where you know things are going as far as music and and the perception of the grunge and everything and then you got what was before that was like you know especially warrant because before this album they were totally hair metal mtv poster boys and after this they're kind of you know it's different but this album is a fine in between and it really proves what a great fucking band this was and And people make fun of them because of cherry pie and stuff like that but damn you listen to Dog Eat Dog, that is yeah. a masterpiece it is. of an album. And
1: I, honestly, I'll go for this album before I'll go to Dirty, Dirty Rotten, Filthy, or Cherry Pie. Oh, totally, you know, totally. It's, it's, I will listen to this way more than I listen to those albums.
3: I'll even reach into Belly to Belly and Ultraphobic like the, I like that an that Ultraphobic stuff. is one that I like a lot, but too. But you just can't beat Dog. But Dog Eat Dog yeah. is a great album.
1: Amazing. Man. And, uh, one funny thing I did find in research for this, though, is there was a hardcore band called Dog Eat Dog that was around at this time. And uh, they named their debut album Warrant in a joking retaliation for this album, which is pretty funny. (laughs) Someday,
3: when somebody invents something called iTunes, fans will be confused and accidentally order our album. Right. But this is Warrant, and this is another example of Janie Lane's
1: songwriting prowess. This is a great ballad.
3: The ladies love this one.
1: This is called Let It Rain. I can get up.
0: Love to call you. But I wanna call so bad to find out who's holding on to the most beautiful thing I ever had. I reached to pull you closer. Remember, you're not there
1: Making a Janie Lane pinned ballad is not easy because there's lots of them. Exactly. And they're all great.
3: And they're all great, yeah. you know. And you know, we're we're hard rock dudes, you know, especially me. I'm yeah. a I'm even a thrash metal guy, and I'm not big on a lot of ballads, you know. Yeah. I was the guy that hated Saigon Kick for the longest time <laughs> until I heard the rest of the album. Yeah. You know, so it's it's hard for me to get down with sweet love ballads, but goddamn, you know, if you're gonna do it. Janie Lane he can right. do no wrong. Yeah, yeah, another guy that back in the day could do no wrong and had a bunch of ballads that were actually really freaking good was Jack Russell sure. and Great White. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've got one now. And this one, it was originally done by mott the Hoople back in 1972 for the All the Young Dudes album, but it was actually made more famous. Two years later on when Bad Company recorded it for their 1974 debut album. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a song called Ready for Love. But this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. I gotta go with the Great White version because it's freaking awesome. So here you go. For the ladies and the dudes, you gotta enjoy this one. One of the sexiest songs of all time. Here's Great White with Ready for Love.
0: Walking down this road
1: idea that was a moth hoople
3: song no me neither I thought, before i did this i always thought bad company thought but yeah it, it was originally moth hoople i have to go check that out and they, the moth hoople version is a little bit different but it's still really freaking huh. cool it's a little heavier i do love what great white did with it though i mean that, fucking a yeah, man they, they, jack i don't think russell. they ever did a bad cover ever. jack russell singing panties to the floor since somewhere in the <laughs> mid-70s
1: yeah he uh and I think I heard some sample. I heard a sample of a of a new song from him.
3: Yeah, and his voice sounds
1: exactly the same.
3: Oh, a new one? Yeah, a new song. Oh, hell yeah! And I was
1: like, his voice is like fucking bulletproof. I mean, God, it, it still
3: sounds like a stop the show right now. I want to go listen to that. <laughs> I guess I'll hold off till afterwards. But of course, you know, Great White. You know, this one came off an album in two thousand two called Recover, which was you know Great White back when they had Jack Russell and everything was still tight and yeah. they were. Doing a bunch of cover songs, you know that one features cover songs by the bands Free and Badfinger, AC/DC, even a cover of Bob Dylan's "Tangled Up in Blue." Yeah, badass. I don't, I don't love nothing about I'm not Bob, a Bob Dylan. Dylan. Fan, but yeah. I don't love nothing about Bob Dylan. But that cover that Great White does that Bob Dylan tune huh. is really freaking, really freaking cool. Man. Also, really while cool. we're on
1: the subject, if you if you haven't checked out the Great White output from like the late 90s, early 2000s, there's a lot of quality material. Yeah, there. I'm telling you. It didn't you. sell well, but there's really, no, there's but really good music there. those guys were consistent
3: back when they were a team. Their you songwriting
1: know? was every bit as strong in that period.
3: And of course, nowadays, you got the two different Great Whites. You know, you got Great White featuring Mark Kendall, Michael Lardy, and uh, Audie Desbro. Yeah. And then you got Jack Russell's Great White, of course, featuring Jack Russell and Tony Montana. Yeah. Those are guys. I just mentioned that. That's the fucking classic great white lineup. Yeah. What's wrong? You know, everybody's out kicking ass, but they can't kick ass together. Yeah. Why? What's well, it's a Valentine's show, Kiss and Makeup Guys. There you go. You know, great white. They got shows coming up in Edmonton, in Milwaukee, Sioux City, Iowa, Fort uh, Yates, North Dakota. They, these guys, great white is so booked out ahead of time. They've got a show booked for September 19th in Tomahawk, Wisconsin. That's my old stomp grounds, right up the road from where I was born, you know, on, in September. You know, if you want to keep up with great white tour dates, it's greatwhiterocks.com. Jack's Great White, man, they got a show coming up at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood. They're going to be in uh, Brook, Illinois, and Leesville, Virginia. It's it's weird, man. You know, great white fans, I think, are kind of like Kiss fans, where it's like you almost got to pick a side. But it doesn't matter if either one of them's coming to your town it's well, guaranteed get a good to hear time. those tunes. Yeah. It's guaranteed a good time. Cause they're all good. Jack Russell's a great is where you can find out the information what Jack's doing. Cool. It's all good to me, you know? All
1: right. So next up, I have uh, a band that I don't know that I've ever played on the show before, but I'm certainly excited about them now. Cause I'm going to get to go see them in a couple of months when they finally come to Nashville.
3: Yeah. I've been hearing about this.
1: Y and T and the, you know, and I, I, I always kind of ignored
3: Y&T through, like, the 80s and 90s. I never paid much attention to them. I just remember a dude in, like, junior high had a cassette tape, and I remember it being really good. I yeah. remember digging it at the time.
1: It's one of, This is one of those bands when you finally start to listen to them, you're like, why the fuck have I not been listening to these guys?
3: Bill Hale told us. Yeah. He well,
1: told and that us. was And then we got, to, and, you know, and, and you'll be hearing in the future, uh, Bob Nalbandy and a friend of the show put together this great, documentary about the LA metal scene and he, the first volume is out and uh he'll be coming on the show to talk about it but you re, you don't realize how big Y&T was to that early LA glant well, sunset scene San Francisco scene. really it's all San Francisco yeah. but like the California music scene like they were like gods to people back right.
3: then you know they were like the local band yeah. that was so freaking good but never really jumped into like you know like Motley Crue and Choir Riot you know those guys went skyrocket. Yeah. Well, Y&T was the band that everybody respected.
1: Right, and they you know they had one breakthrough hit with a song called "Summertime Girls." But right, but like it's it's just this is a, one of those kind of crimes of music of the music industry where it's like why weren't these guys massive?
3: Right, because it was like a band like Metallica respected why well, everyone but loved a, them but also a band like wasp respect yes Y&T, they appealed to you know, all musicians and and megadeth you know respected them but yeah. so did warrant you know it was of, one uh, of them bands that were so freaking good that the thrash metal bands and the glam yeah. metal bands all respected them
1: similar to king's x it's yeah, another so they, another does, band
3: like all that. these bands deserve respect yeah so that's i mean why we're here
1: so and i was so i was like any you know I, I was like well maybe they had a, a decent power ballad and i've I found a really cool one. This is from their ninth studio album, came out in early 1990. This was the last album they put out before disbanding in 91. They would get together later back in, uh, I think, 95. This features the album features the drumming of two pretty legendary studio drummers, Jimmy DeGrasso, who has played with everyone. Hell yeah. I he mean, has. Megadeth
3: and I think Lita Ford. He plays with Black Star Riders now. If we could afford our own personal drummer here at the Decibel Geek podcast, we'd probably hire him too.
1: So he did some of the album, and then also Steve Smith did the <laughs> other part of the album, and he played with the legendary lineup of Journey, so the, you know some serious talent. And then Dave Manichetti on guitar and vocals. I mean, what yeah. a voice. The guy uh, could sing anything, and then, you know, and Bill uh, Kinnemore on bass, rest in peace. But, uh, yeah, this is a cool song from uh, the Y&T album that came out in 1990 called 10. This is Don't Be Afraid of the Dark.
3: Those own You know, this episode is called for the ladies, but I think there's some dudes out there digging this stuff, too. I
1: would hope so. And another thing I noticed while looking up power ballads is, like, we're doing this as kind of a Valentine's Day show. Right. Most power ballads are about heartbreak. They're not about happy times with a, with a girl.
3: I was, well, I was, you know, and you think about that, it's like, you know, what is the prerequisite for a great power ballad? It's either your heartbreak or longing. Right. You know, or... Or wanting you yeah. know and and this is a good one. I've got a good one that's that's a really good song about wanting and and you know longing and wanting something you know and I know there's a lot of guys you know Chris and I were married, you know we've got last I checked <laughs> as of a few minutes ago we're, yeah. we're still married, everything's still good in our eyes, you know, and so we're we're satisfied, but I remember being younger. You know and not being married and longing and wanting you know yeah looking for love usually in all the wrong places but today we're gonna lay it out for you nice and easy here's a band for you that were formed also a night in uh san francisco they came out with their debut debut album in 1989 hang on let me take a drink of jack daniels yeah that'll help for the ladies i gotta wet my palate
1: it's really not Aaron Camaro. It's a stunt man.
3: <laughs> Can you tell by my hands? Yeah. Are they a different color? Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 there's your those. kiss
3: joke for the week. Yeah. All right, but I'm talking about Babylon AD. You know, and I I kind of feel bad. <laughs> I kind of feel bad that we're I'm. Um, this is the first time I believe we've ever played Babylon AD. Probably, on, but there's on the a lot the of podcasts. And Podcast, and it, it's kind of bad that we're pay, playing them for the. For the ladies, because we're doing ballads today, because these guys fucking rock, man. Yeah, I used to own this album, heavy as hell, great album. This debut album from '89 is one that I would love to be able to meet up with one of these guys, guys, and do a uh, albums unleashed. Yeah, on this because this is one that fits the category of the whole thing must rock. Yeah, because it does, mm-hmm. even the ballad as you're about to find out. So from 1989, Babylon A.D. off their self-titled titled debut. I'm trying, man. I'm doing my best.
1: <laughs> I can't wait for you to hear this back.
3: All right, Happy late on. Valentine's Day. It's Babylon A.D. in a song called Desperate. I said, you know, it's such a great ballad, you know, but this band is so heavy and kick-ass. I mean, they had songs off that album like The Hammer Swings Down, Marianne, Caught Up in the Crossfire, The Kid Goes Wild, featuring Sam Kinnison and RoboCop. Oh, Hell yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. No, man. Nothing says 1989 like that. Like Sam Kinnison, Sam Kinnison and RoboCop. Robo-Cop. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, That's how man. drunk I am. I'm like... Hell yeah, even though I've already sworn like 20 times. To be a,
1: a smartass, the term Babylon really fits right now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I would just like to take a moment to say that, you know, this episode's for the ladies. And it's for a lot of fun. I'm a little drunk. Uh, me too. I've really earned this. You have. You've worked hard for the last I've month. I've earned this. So if I'm enjoying you guys it. are like, Camaro, you suck no, because you're drunk. This is fun. It's all good because I don't even care. <laughs> it's all good. I won't care till tomorrow when I listen to this and be like, what the hell? It
1: does nothing but make it more entertaining.
3: Because literally, this is a last-minute recording. It
1: is, but it's all, it's all good. We do this for fun.
3: Back to Babylon AD, anyway. <laughs> Fully reformed in 2013. Been kicking ass ever since. I got shows coming up in San Lorenzo, California, Salt Lake City, Utah. They're going to be at our buddy, The Counts, vamped in Las Vegas. Coming up real soon, and then hitting the Monsters of Rock cruise. In 2015. I wish I could go. Are you going? I'm not going. No,
1: I'm, I'm broke. Hell? Goddamn. Got no money. Sucks. Hit the donate
3: button. Buy a t-shirt. Buy us a couple of tickets to Monsters of Rock Cruise 2016. We will go. Especially if Babylon 80s being there. I'm so glad they're back together, man. How about a new album? Huh? Huh? Nudge? Wing.
1: Richard Wally went and saw I them think. play in Canada. It's awesome. Yeah. Great band. They are. So uh, my turn. Yes, sir. This is the band I'm going to play Net. Well, yeah, this is this is a song from a massive album. But it's a song that most people don't know about from this album. I'm talking about Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic, which is a huge you're
2: right. album. Yeah.
1: This was their third album released on April 8th, 1975. Their most commercial most commercially successful LP, I'm having trouble Really? Really? Yes. That can't be. Sold over 8 million copies.
3: Even their shit in the 80s? Like when they were, or the 90s, yeah. I should say, when they were like really popular? Toys in the Attic Like Janie's Got it. a Gun and all that? That was still all sold, all that? According to Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. We all been drinking. We'll trust Wikipedia tonight. I had an hour <laughs> to
1: do research. Give me a break. It's been a long week for me, too. Uh, produced by Jack Douglas. This song was written by Steven Tyler and a guy named Darren Solomon. And I had, to, I had to look into that. I've never heard of Darren Solomon. Who is it? He's written other Aerosmith tunes from around this e- period, but he also wrote songs for Lizzie Borden's Master of Disguise album. I like him already. So I knew you would get a kick out of that. This is the best Aerosmith ballad that you've probably never heard before.
3: Because I've heard a lot of Aerosmith ballads that I just can't stand. So this one better be better. Okay. This is Aerosmith with You See Me Crying. kicks the ass off of amazing. Oh sure. And and crazy. Yeah, crazy. What was the one from the movie Armageddon?
1: Uh, don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> yeah, Diane Warren was nowhere near this one.
3: No, man. This was great. I like that one.
1: Yeah, so that's Not a, bad at all. If you don't own toys in the attic, you probably never heard that song before.
3: Shit, yeah. That's
1: badass. I like it a lot. Yeah.
3: All right. I got one for you. Hey, man. Hey, man. This has been fun. Yeah. I got a good buzz on.
1: <laughs> really?
3: Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I'm not snuggling with you. I don't know what you say. <laughs> All right. So All we right. talked about our good friend Michael Wagoner a little bit earlier, man. He's been tied in. You know, it's funny. We this is
1: almost a theme here. Maybe it's
3: because we're the Decibel Geek Podcast, but it almost seems like every single episode we try to squeeze in. Our buddy. Like, we try to <laughs> squeeze in Kiss Connections. Yeah. But somehow, without even trying, Michael Wagner ends up in every single episode. He's come up like four times today. Already today. Yeah. And once again, this one produced, engineered, and mixed by Michael Wagner. This one, here's a little something for the dudes. You know, I know I know. we got our normal decibel geek listeners that are mostly guys. Yeah. And today we might have some extra ladies on board for the Sweet Love Ballads. But this one, ladies, I need you to step away for a minute. Because I just need to talk to the gentleman. Okay, they're gone. Guys, check this out. This was an album that came out in the year 2000. It was called Rise. It's by a band called Hair of the Dog. What you need to do is take this song and download it. Whatever you got to do, go to Amazon through the Despicable Geek link. Buy this album, Rise, by Hair of the Dog. What you got to do is you got to take this song. The song I'm talking about is called You Are the One. You put this into your iPod. I'm sure we've all been there, where we've had this this moment, Chris. I'm sure you've been there. You're in the car with the wife, and she's pissed off about something. You know, she's mad at you, and you're driving. There's only tension. on days that end in Y exactly yeah. you know and there's tension in the car you know in the car there's only so much room you can't walk around your house or walk around your apartment and get <laughs> Especially away in this place. you know in the car <laughs> there's even less room i mean the tension gets thick when she's mad at you in the car yeah. what you do is you learn the lyrics to this song and when she's mad at you you plug in your itunes you know or or whatever you're playing your music through and you hit this song and you look at her when she's mad at you you put your arm on her and you sing this song to her while it's playing and let her know she is the one and the fight will be over. This song is the fight ender. So guys, here you go. Enjoy. I'm sure you're going to love it. It's Hair of the Dog with You Are the One.
0: You are the one who drives me crazy. You are the one that's got me high. You are the I don't mean maybe Baby, you're the one Tell me if I'm wrong But I think we can agree What we've got ain't ordinary You and I are there For each other all the time I can't believe that we're just friends That's so why I wanna say Something that's been on my mind Something that I have
1: You know what I'm saying? Okay, it's a good song. It's a great song. But if I put my arm around my wife and I sing that to her, I'm getting punched in the face or she's going to laugh. But either way, it'll be over. Either
3: way, it'll be the fight's over. Yeah, that's true. Even if you got to lip sync it, whatever, the fight's over. I'm better off lip syncing. Either there's laughter or hugging. There'll be a lot of laughter. You know, but the fight is over. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. You know, this is a testament to the fact that Hair of the Dog is a band that was lost in time. Yeah, you know, imagine, like I said, this came out in two thousand. If it had came out ten years earlier, if it had been released in nineteen ninety, that would have been the biggest song in the fucking world. It's a great song, totally. The whole album, awesome. Oh man,
1: the whole album's awesome. The production's awesome.
3: You know, yeah, we love Ryan Cook. He's a great guy. Yeah, we do. We love that dude. One
1: of the nicest guys you will ever meet.
3: Like every week, we get together and have desk geek meetings, and the number one subject. What's number one subject on the board? Mm-hmm. How do we get Ryan Cook back on the show? We're still working on that, but don't worry, it's gonna. We happen. did.
1: I did talk to Michael Wagoner about maybe doing an album's unleashed with him and Ryan.
3: That would be freaking awesome to do rise we together. Should do that. It's an awesome album. If if anybody's listening to this right now, and I know a lot of you are, go get the album Hair of the Dog. Rise came out in the year two thousand freaking rules this band was huge in certain places around the united states Mm -hmm. certain places that weren't buying into the whole grunge thing places like wisconsin places like minnesota illinois the midwest they don't care about trends they're not like new york Mm -hmm. they're not like la you know even tennessee you know it's it's centralized they don't give a shit about trends they want to know what's cool and what was cool in the 90s was still bands like hair of the dog and Warrant and band like Grey White, you know, they held on to that stuff. Yeah. You know, that's why Hair of the Dog was huge there, but nowhere else. Right. Like I said, that stuff would have been released 10, 15 years earlier. Massive. That song's proof. It is. That's a I'm good I'm telling you.
1: So I got one more to go. And uh, this is one. And this is a it, it's a song that I'm I'm happy to pick, but it was also suggested by a listener. I went on the Facebook fan page, and I put the call out for people to suggest songs that they'd want to hear. And uh, a lot of really good suggestions. Go to Facebook.com slash Decibel Geek and join in that conversation. Get we had a, we had a lot of fun talking about it. Yeah, we do. We always do. And um, so, and I try to pick one or two picks for my picks from some of the listener's suggestions because you guys will suggest things that I normally wouldn't think of. And when this guy, this guy named Joe Pierce suggested it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this album. This is a band called Salty Dog, and they put out one record called really? "Every Dog Has Its Day." And they were formed in late of late nineteen eighty six in L.A. by Jimmy Bleacher, Scott Lane, Michael Hannon, and ex Rat drummer Kurt Meyer. Um, they released their first and only major record in ni- label record in nineteen ninety, um, and it has a also has a cover of Willie Dixon's "Spoonful." Nice. Guitarist Pete Ravine is the son of magician Peter Ravine. <laughs> That's what I think I found in research. <laughs> I don't know who Peter Ravine is. So, like, yeah. For the magician yeah, fans I'm, out there. I'm Chris Senzak, son of Bob <laughs> Senzak. For all of you who knew who my traveling amazing, salesman father was.
3: The amazing um, Bob Senzak.
1: Yeah, the, the band, like many other bands from the early 90s, they were lost in the shuffle with the grunge movement and um
3: right along with Babylon 80 right exactly a lot of the songs today are from that era so
1: in in 94 Michael Hannon replaced Mike Mike Watson in Dangerous Toys which a lot of you know who they are pissed um he toured with them for over 200 shows in 94 95 for pissed and um in 2011 the band the Salty Dog did reunite I'm if I'm remembering right, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, I think Michael Hannon plays an American Dog now.
3: Yeah, I know there's some Ohio. Dangerous Toys connection, yeah. and I remember Salty Dog being something and American to do with dog, Dangerous toys. The name
1: comes from Salty Dog, because Salty okay. Dog initially was born in Ohio, I believe.
3: Because American Dog is on uh, Mitch Lafon's Kiss Tribute doing God yes. of Thunder, I think, in a badass yeah. version at that.
1: And our friends Rob and Eric from uh, from Out of Nowhere that have done stuff with American Dog.
3: We've got the coolest. Friends. So, yeah,
1: it's all interconnected, folks. Um, and as far it's all as part I, of the community, you know, and I'm guessing Michael Wagoner at some point listened to the Salty Dog album. <laughs>
3: it's a world. I'll try to tie him know, in somehow. It's a local music scene with a right. worldwide audience. <laughs> so, right, we're all involved somehow. Yeah.
1: So Joe Pierce, listener, and the ladies. So listener Joe Pierce, thank you for suggesting this because this is a really killer ballad. Thank and you
3: here. to everyone that suggests shit on Facebook. Yes, we love it.
1: Sit back with your lady and listen to Salty Dog from Every Dog Has a Stage. Doing sacrifice me. You That's all I got for the week.
3: Mmm, salty. I got a salty dog for you. That's Valentine's. Salty dog. Never thought about that. All right. All right, so we've been celebrating Valentine's Day today. A little something for the ladies. Some sweet love ballads. Some kick-ass love ballads. Some just straight-up kick-ass ballads today. That's all right. It's all good. We're having fun. I got a good buzz on. Chris is checking his phone. Sorry. (laughs) So we got one more to go on today. But before we go, of course, we're going to remind you. Every single band we've played to today has got music available. What are we? We're the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're your rock and roll infomercial. Oh, yeah. It's cooler than it sounds. Yeah, buy a T-shirt. Exactly. Go to www.decibelgeek.com. That's where your T-shirts are at while you're buying a t-shirt you can also check out the articles that are available to you because no we're a lot more than just a podcast oh yeah we've got writers from all over the freaking planet and they're experiencing rock and roll that you can't experience because you're not there they're there so they're relaying the information and the articles to you at the official website Did I mention that's where you get your T-shirts from? Yeah. Don't have quite enough money to order a T-shirt? Well, then you just make a little donation. If you make a donation to us, we will love you. We will hold you in our arms. You when the next time you come to Nashville, just let us know you made a donation. What are you signing us up for? It's it's Valentine's Day, man. If they make a donation at the Decibel Geek Podcast. If you donate $1,000
1: or more, I will hold you in
3: my arms. Chris and I will together hold you in our arms and tell you how valuable you are. Get creeped out. We love you so much. Any little support we can get, it doesn't have to be a donation. You don't have to buy a t-shirt unless you want to be cool. Then you need to. But the most important thing you can do is go to iTunes right now and leave us a sweet-ass review. We work hard for you. We really do. We work hard. We sound drunk, and we sound like we're having a good time. We work hard for the (laughs) non-money. We're not making no money. All we're doing is trying to earn iTunes reviews. You want to save yourself a little time, a little effort, and, and give us a whole lot. You can make it easy on yourself and give so much. Here's two things you can do. One, you go to iTunes, you leave a review. That means a lot. It does. If you're a regular listener, or you're not, but you want to be, you go to iTunes and subscribe. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't talk about that. The subscription on iTunes is very important. Yes, I'm the kind of guy that I've got a variety of podcasts that I might listen to. I download them at my own discretion. All right. Don't do that with us. Please. Go there and subscribe to us because then iTunes sees the number of subscriptions we have yes. and they think we're big shots. They'll no place us higher. They don't know no better. Yeah. But they'll think we're big shots. Right? You can help us out. And by doing that, you're showing iTunes that hard rock and heavy metal is relevant in the year 2015. It's important because, goddamn, damn, we're leading the crusade. We're the freaking Decibel Geek podcast. We are hard rock and heavy metal, and we know you've got our backs. So show us the support, and we will continue to do this show for free Forever. Well, as Forever. long as we're as long as we're, we're alive, die well, then we'll make our kids do it. We oh. will force oh, shoot, our children. As long as you donate at the website, buy T-shirts, subscribe, and leave us reviews, we will force each one of our children. I've only got one. You've got three. To I've got one from. behind
1: you that's not enjoying the idea. We of will that.
3: force them to continue the Decibel Geek podcast long after we're dead.
1: All right, move on. As long as there's
3: money involved, we'll tell them (laughs) there's money involved. Okay. So there you go. This has been Decibel Geek Podcast for the ladies. We hope you enjoyed it, even the dudes, because it's sweet. You know, these are songs you can play for your lady friends, and they will truly appreciate and enjoy it. So I've got one more to play us out. We've got all the business out of the way. Yeah. This is a beautiful song, man. You know, and and it's. It's a beautiful song, and I love it so much. It's, one, it's off of one of the greatest albums of all time. I'm talking about 1981's Diary of a Madman, Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. We couldn't do this without Ozzy. Who's more romantic than Ozzy Osbourne? Not you, not me. Probably not anybody I know. Nobody or. seductively bites the heads off animals like Ozzy Osbourne does. You got to have a lot of love in your heart to be married to Sharon, I would imagine. Or be fucking crazy (laughs) as shit. There goes that interview. Either way, Ozzy Osbourne's got it covered. You know, this was his second solo album after leaving Black Sabbath and sadly, the final before the tragic death of the amazing Randy Rose. Yep. You know, nowadays, I just feel like, I don't know, it was different. Do you ever notice this? Like, when we were kids... And you'd say, Who's the greatest guitar player of all time? And Randy Rhodes was always in that argument. But over time, it seems like Randy Rhodes has lost his place in that argument. And I think it's wrong. Well, Kurt Cobain came into the picture. Kurt Cobain couldn't string his condom. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but he just couldn't do it. He couldn't string his condom.
1: Oh, I'm leaving that in. Okay.
3: Randy Rhodes is one of the fucking greatest guitar players players of all time. And I just feel like in today's day and age, somehow Randy Rhodes has got lost in all that. And it's not right. I don't dig it. You don't dig it. The ladies don't dig it. So to prove it today on the final song for the ladies on the Decibel Geek Podcast... You gotta love it. It's Ozzy Osbourne. You know what made me pick this song? What? I was sitting on, laying on the bed with my wife, with the iPod in my hand, just spinning through some songs, just kind of giving myself some ideas of something I might pick. And I played this, and the first couple of notes played, my wife said, I love this song. And I said, you know what, baby? I love you. And I gave her a kiss on the cheek, and I knew this was the song. That was going to play out the Decibel Geek Podcast this week. You can't go wrong with Ozzy Osbourne and Randy Rhodes. So for the ladies and everybody else, here's Ozzy Osbourne with Tonight. See ya.